The gospel this morning is from the first chapter of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What was come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory. The glory is of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is the God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you this morning in peace. As Pastor Beth said, Christmas has come, but it hasn't yet gone. It is a 12-day-long season that we observe each year. We set it aside for telling the story of Jesus' birth. You know this story. We prepared for it all Advent We asked you to set up nativity scenes in your house using one that you already had or picking up the construction paper one that we handed out here. And week by week in December, we wanted you to add to it. First a shepherd, then an angel, a star, Mary and Joseph, and finally on Christmas Eve, Jesus in the manger. There's a reason we gravitate to a scene like this. The characters are so well-defined. You can physically touch them and understand them. Even the youngest members of Mount Olivet can recite the plot points to this story, turning it into a musical with carols that we know all of the verses to by heart. It's predictable, concrete, and accessible. But it's not the only Christmas story the Bible gives us. These verses that Kelly just read also tell the story of Jesus coming into the world. You can see why we read the version from Luke on Christmas Eve. It'd be a bit harder to make a nativity scene 
from the verses that we just heard. Imagine it for one moment. I could see how you could do a John the Baptist testifying or even a light shining in the darkness. But how on earth would you show the light being the life of all people or the word being in the beginning with God or the word becoming flesh and living among us or receiving from God's fullness grace upon grace? Could you do it? with construction paper, swirling and abstract and philosophical, these verses are a far cry from the sturdy and comprehensible nativity figures that fit in our fist. These verses barely fit in our mind, and I don't think we'll ever fully understand them. And this is why I cherish them so dearly. Because they give us the other side of Christmas, which is mystery and wonder. Beneath the story we all know and the nativity characters that stay neatly in their places is the ungraspable, living, moving mystery of the Incarnation. Incarnation. God, the one who created the world, chooses to become a part of it, entering into time and space in vulnerable human flesh and blood. And this incarnation happens fully in Jesus, yes, and it also continues on in and around us. Did you notice that this passage is unable to separate looking at Jesus from looking at ourselves. The word became flesh, it says, and lived among us. We have seen the glory, it says. We have received from the fullness grace upon grace. We who have received have become children of God. John's gospel doesn't draw a line between that God who was present in Jesus 2,000 years ago and the God who is present with us now. And this, too, is Christmas. Not just that stable at Bethlehem, but the way that God takes up residence in our own lives. Christmas is a season for reflecting about how God refuses to be stuck in one place. It's about God saying no to being restrained and choosing to enter our story. This Christmas story, abstract as it is, gives us the pattern for how God is in the world. God is an overflowing force of love taking form in Jesus' life. And then Jesus' life overflows in love and reaches out to us and all creation. And then our love overflows and reaches back to God and out toward one another. And that's what incarnation is all about. It's about love's willingness to find a home in our bodies and in between us. About love's refusal to stay confined. 
Maybe that's why this gospel begins with these mysterious verses. Before we can learn any story of Jesus, it's telling us we've got to break wide open our conception of God So we're not viewing God like a stable nativity figure who stays in one space. Maybe we need to know before uh, we can learn the stories of Jesus that we shouldn't try to wrap our minds around God and instead rest and rejoice in the fact that God is wrapped around us, living and moving and breathing These verses remind us that God is not just beyond us, but primarily is between us. Before he is referred to by name here, Jesus is called the Word. Think about it. A word is always found in an in-between space. These words that I am speaking right now, they come from me and my body, and they go to you in your body, but they're also in between us. They are how we are connected. Words build community. And that is where the eternal word is to be found. That is where we find the living Christ between us, among us connecting us. And this, too, is the message of Christmas, that God is not to be found out there but here, not after but now, not just for me but for all, speaking a word in the in-between places. I think it's significant that the problem in this passage seems to be that people are not accepting the word. Too often, this verse is interpreted in terms of a personal decision we make to accept Jesus into our hearts or not. But what's going on here is deeper than that. To not accept a living word is to refuse to see God in the space between us. It is to turn down an invitation to be involved in the world. It's a refusal to be in relationship, a turning away from the ways that we are interdependent with one another, and an unwillingness to recognize the presence of God here and now. I took a walk with a friend yesterday, and she was telling me about this Christmas with her family Her brother, now 25, had requested that his mom knit him a Christmas stocking back when he was five years old. The pattern he had wanted was really daunting. It featured snowflakes and Santa and, for some reason, a baby's face. His mother wasn't able to complete it that season And it became something of a running joke in their family, like, how's that stocking going, Mom? They thought she'd never finish it. But year by year, she'd add a couple rows until she'd get too frustrated or confused and put it aside until the next year. And this year, 20 years from when she started, she cast the last stitch. And she hung the stocking by the fireplace 
to surprise her son. Well, after quarantining, he came home to stay for Christmas, and he walked right past the stocking. He simply did not see it. So she began to ask leading questions like, what do you think about the Christmas decorations this year? And notice anything new? And still he did not see it. She even watched him one time walk up to the stocking and look inside of it for presents. But still he did not see the stocking itself. That stocking was a word. It was God appearing in an in-between place. It was the self-giving, invisible, overflowing love of a mother taking form in some yarn stitched together over two decades. And he did not notice it. That is what it means to not accept the word. And that is the nature of the incarnation. So much love. Such common stuff. Easy to pass by. This love in the in-between spaces does not make the front page of the paper. It does not trend on social media. It does not win elections or rally the stock market. It looks like yarn that's 20 years old with uneven stitching. It is small and unremarkable most of the time, and it's understandable why people do not accept it or notice it. But it speaks a word that sustains the world. And for those who receive this word, it gives power to become children of God and see the living glory of God revealed daily in the places between us, filled, brimming with grace and truth. You know what these words sound like, Mount Olivet. You have spoken them. You load up your cars with canned goods or grab a couple of gift cards to share with people in our community. You get your kids set up on their devices on weekends or on days they've already spent in front of a screen, all so they can see their peers at church and know that they're part of a community that does not judge them or expect them to perform. You set aside your Monday nights to cook and serve a meal for that line of cars that appears in our driveway. You slip new Black Lives Matter signs under our office door when ours gets stolen. You stand in the rain, the icy rain, on the day before Christmas to stand as witnesses as we made our way to the cemetery to lay Thad Lightfoot to rest. You bake bread and pour wine, or gather crackers and juice, or whatever else you all use for communion, because you have a hunger for God and for community, and you trust that God will feed that. You pray for each other, call each other, encourage each other, check in on each other. You seek out the in-between places between you and your neighbors, trusting that it is there that God is leading you and there that God will be found. None of these things make the news. 
Most of them are hidden away from everyone except for you. But all of them reveal a glory. All of them give life. All of them speak a word filled with grace and truth. Each of these ordinary acts of love is a word becoming flesh. Born of a God who lives among us in the in-between places. Each of them claims the power that comes when we are caught up in the mystery of love's inability to stay confined. And I would say that each of these acts of love is a Christmas story. We do not think about Christmas this way. But if you want to know what a nativity scene based on what these verses from John looks like, I don't think you'd be able to do it with construction paper, but you might need a mirror. For the word is always becoming flesh, and it's living among you. And from that fullness, you are receiving grace upon grace. Amen.